I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This is Mark Jones on Rebel Radio. This is how I'm going to say it. I'm not going to fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. Uh, if you listened last week, I mentioned that I've been traveling throughout Europe uh, for the last month or so, and I was able to spend some time in London. I caught up with my man, Mark Jones, who's my guest this week. Uh, Mark is the founder of Wall of Sound Records, a longtime uh, player in the dance music scene in London. He's worked with um, so many important artists over the years from Basement Jacks, Propeller Heads, Royksop, Human League, um, a new record from the Lisbon Kid. The man doesn't stop, he, he keeps going. He's also the host of the Back to the Future radio show, uh, which used to be on BBC Six and is now available on Soho Radio. And he also hosts a series of live events in London called Question Mark where he talks to 80s artists about how the business has changed and how that's affect them. Um, he's had guests like Nick Hayward from ha Haircut 100, Paul Humphreys from OMD, Steve Norman from Spandau Ballet. If you don't know these people, you are too young. Uh, but get up on it. Mark, man, Mark's a trip. This interview is all over the place. Uh, you'll see I lost control pretty much from the beginning and then we end up just having fun with it. But I found a quote on, on Mark's Facebook page uh, that said, people shouldn't hesitate to exert their all. And I think that's a good illustration of what Mark's all about. This dude is pure creativity. We get into um, just how he's, you know, he's one with the, the art and the creative side of what he does. He, he's, uh, I get the sense he's maybe not too much for the business side, but this dude is all creative and he, and he um, creates an environment for the artists that's really safe for them to, to do what they do. So he's got some great stories uh, that he shares in this interview. I hope you enjoy it. 
We're going to get into that right after the EDM.com track of the week. That was our EDM.com track of the week. That was Colonel and Classical with a track called Want It. I hope you dug that and I hope you stick around for our interview with Mark Jones. So start me at the beginning. Okay. And uh, right here we are. For, for music guy. I, for a music guy. Tell me the first record you ever bought. That's very interesting that you should say that mm. because I do ask that on my radio show, and I do ask people that all the time. What was the first record I ever bought? Mm. Well, the first record I ever bought was The Monkees. Okay. And a compilation album of yeah. the monkeys. Yeah. When I was very young. Yeah. Take the last train to Foxville and I'll meet you at the station. You can be here by 4.30 because I've made your reservation. Don't be slow. <laughs> I mean, because of the TV show yeah, and sure. I was obsessed with that. I mean, a little bit, you know, it was one of those. So the monkeys are amazing because, you know, we... We live in this era now of, of American Idol and all that, whatever. American Idol. Uh, all of those shows, right? Of, of, of this, not go there. Please. All right. Please not, let's not go there. You mean American Idol. Well, what I mean is that we live in this era now. But that has taken all of the creativity yeah. away from music. I know. We're getting to that. Because it's about... You know, young people thinking it's about fame. Yeah. And they put me live on the BBC yeah. with somebody called Simon Cowell. So I've heard. You heard that? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because we are polar opposites in the music industry. Okay, wait, I want to get to that. But, <laughs> I, but, but, I didn't but think I, I told you But that. I want to start with you, right? So, oh, no. so, so you bought the monkeys, but when was your, what was the first music that you felt like? Well, my brother, music. my brother was into rock and reggae. Yeah. So you go the opposite direction of what your brother, older mm. brother, is into. Mm. So I went electronic. 
and I got my mum and dad to buy me a Yamaha CSO1 synthesizer mm-hmm. from their Grattan's catalogue and sat in my bedroom and just made noises um, that obviously had Debbie Harry mm-hmm. from Blondie all over my bedroom walls. Nice. So I went to sleep with her and woke up with her yeah. in the morning. Very cool. Um, and yeah, so I just used to sit up there and, and make noises and shapes and sounds. Yeah. And that's how I got into music. So obviously, you know, the Human League and everything else. Sure. Electronically. Yeah. And then how did you come to... When did it become a career? Well, it was very interesting because I was in a supermarket um, and the girl on the till said who who I would just bought some stuff for my mum and dad and then the girl on the till said, my, my boyfriend tells me that you have a synthesizer. And I said, what? <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so we hooked up, yeah. and I joined a band, or we, we created a first band mm-hmm. um, called Red Box, mm. which was way back um, in the mid-80s, early 80s. So never trust Yeah, and we had a we got signed to Polar Records. Um, Paul Oakenfold was the was the A and R person there, mm-hmm. and um, we we had a single out called Never Trust Your Soul. Okay, um, and then it evolved from there. So then I created Perfect Day, mm-hmm. which is the band sure. that I yeah. was in. Yeah, and was that and so. Um, was that the path then? You were going to be an artist? Well, that was that was it then. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, we had four singles out and there were girls sleeping in my mum and dad's front garden <laughs> in a tent. Yeah. And there were... It was very interesting. We had some, some records in the charts and yeah. stuff, but um, the album never got released. Um, but there's videos up and do stuff. You, the band was remember, called Perfect Day. Yeah. Do you remember the first time feeling like 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 I'm, I've got something like this can be the creatively thing. yeah or or even like that sign of success well yeah I mean we had some records in the charts and yeah. stuff and yeah. as I said there were girls sleeping in my mum and dad's front garden we were uh-huh. on TV a lot and there were covers of magazines yeah which I found the other day oh no way yes um, I found these the other day because oh, we're moving so cool. house. Jackie. Jackie. Nice. Remember that? No. You don't. I don't know. Just seventeen. Yeah. That's cool. Well, no. I mean, it's just funny. But then um, when when because London Records we were signed to, um, yeah. they never released the album, um, and so we were dropped. And then I just wanted to learn about the other side of the industry. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was fascinated and. Before I formed the band, I used to do the visuals at all the Acid House clubs mm. and stuff. Yeah. So somebody used to sell records at the parties, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just said to him, "Look, you know, 
I want to learn about this. So he, he had a, a company called Soul Trader, um, which was a distribution company. Um, and I just said, I want to learn about the other side of the industry. So I went to work for him cool. a couple of days a week. And yeah. then, um, you know, found bands and we pressed their vinyl and, yeah. you know, got, got the records out there. And so, um, was so I found the first, you know, I pressed the first Basement Jacks record yeah. and found lots of other new bands. And then I just said to him one day, okay, I really want to start a record label. Um, can we do that? So yeah. we did a compilation called Give Em Enough Dope. Um, cool. And that was the first release on Wall of Sound. Nice. Nineteen ninety four. Hmm. So was there a was there like a plan for all of this, or was it just? Well, you know, it was just one of those and, things. It was just yeah. you know I, I wanted to learn about the other side of the industry because obviously you know we were dropped and and everything else. So, but creatively, my brain was still going on, and I I never you know I didn't I just wanted to you know certain electronic music had got very stagnant then and not creative in any mm -hmm. way shape or form mm -hmm. because dance music had become this thing um so i wanted to cr to throw everything in the mix so we we did that and you know p lazy journalists didn't know what to call it mm. so they want it in a box so we when we threw everything in the mix um they they want to put it somewhere so they called it big beat and, sure. and trip hop mm -hmm. Um, and then every record we released on the label, it was, oh, it's Big B, oh, it's Big B. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is new music. Yeah. It's creative new music. Yeah. So I started three other labels at a point. Mm. We Love You, which was for bands and guitars, okay. yeah. um, a hip-hop label called Bad Magic, mm -hmm. and a dance label called New Camp. Mm. Um, and then just ran them for five or six years and then said, right, Wall of Sound could be anything now. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. I think people have trouble understanding that. I think we we want those kind of labels to sort of point us in the right direction, yeah? Well, yeah, but it's it's a funny one, but obviously I've found some fantastic artists that have gone on to be, you know, very big now. Yeah. And released some great records. Yeah. Um, have you seen the the compilation that came out? No. No. Well, there's the twenty one years of Wall of oh, Sound. Oh, cool. Awesome. Rebel Radio is supported by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They make it easy for you to prepare incredible meals at home with um, meat, seafood, produce that comes from sustainable sources. They deliver just the right amount for each recipe so there's no food waste. And uh, they make it pretty easy to have a great meal for under $10 a person. It's, it's fast, convenient, affordable, and it's delicious. We've been doing it here. Uh, well, Christy's been doing most of it, but I got in there a little bit and cooked up a couple meals. And it's great. In, in under 40 minutes, we're eating 
Uh, we're having a great time cooking together. Highly recommend you check it out. And um, if you're the type of person that gets bored, there's uh, new recipes every week and they never repeat the same meal in a year. So it, it works out pretty nicely. Check out this week's menu and you get your first three meals free with free shipping just because you're a Rebel Radio listener. So go to blueapron.com rebel. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Go to blueapron.com rebel. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So, so now, obviously, and I want to come back to what, uh, where you didn't, what you don't want to talk about. What? um, They say never work with your heroes, but I just thought, f that. So I did the last album with Grace Jones and the last album with the Human League. Nice. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Um, no, I was gonna say like so. You know, you, you've been doing this, and and the, the business has changed. So, fundamentally. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and you know, I think back to what we're talking about, right? Like, there's, you know, there's this idea of that everything is data driven. That, uh, <laughs> you know, that TV can be the place that that new music, you know, is discovered on these competition shows, right? <sighs> All this stuff, right? So. You know, I see you as a as the opposite end of that. That it's it's pure, you know, it's pure creativity and it's pure like you know this world. You've helped to create this world. Mm. It's just part of you. Yeah. So how do you how do you adapt to the way that the industry's changing, or how well, do you it's or interest, do you? It's very interesting times trying mm. to run a record label now compared to what it used to be. I'm sure. But you just have to adapt to it and go through it all and try and keep on keeping on. Yeah. I mean, someone's trying to make a, a book and a documentary on the wall of sound. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Which should be finished on in a, in a couple of years. Nice. Um, for the 25 year anniversary. Mm. Um, and then maybe we'll see where we go from there. But you have to adapt and you've got to move on. Have there been times, I mean, I, I know there's countless challenges that come up as you said um you know w- when have you felt like you you want to just pack it in and and how do you push through that um just being giving artists the platform that they need and that's what it was i've never wanted to ever change an artist mm. and if i see something creative or interesting to me then i always just want to give that person the platform that they need. Yeah, can you think of an example of that? Well, it's been every artist yeah. I've ever signed. So, and, you know, they've all been different. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just be who they are, not somebody else. And that's what my issue is with the TV thing as well, because it's, you know, the creativity from that perspective has, has disappeared. Sure. Yeah, it seems like that there's a specific vision in mind of what, what a successful artist is, and they're yeah. they're looking to shape that. Yeah, right. And and I think that's probably I mean that's not for me, either the show or the music that comes out of those shows. But, right. But I think there's probably a lane for that, where. You know, some people want that. You're driving the fast lane. 
I guess. I guess. Um, but, you know, but I think, uh, so, I, you know, I think there is a lane for that, but I think it's, it's, that overshadows the other stuff, right? The people yeah. that are just pure creativity and they're just, you know, being who they are. And, yeah. Right, and I, and I feel like music needs that. Well, it always needs that. But, you know, obviously the, the DIY access, you know, with music now, recording and everything else has, has put certain things into perspective, but let's see. Yeah. So what do you what do you look for then if it's if it's not a particular genre, a particular sound, if it's not I just look you know, for something how do you, how do you original know? and different. Something. And you know, that's what I've always felt, you know, in somebody who is being themselves. Yeah. And not somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And yet I think it's such a um, I don't want to call it a numbers game, but it's a I think our clicks I think likes. our culture is so risk averse now. Yeah. Right? That we, we want to be able to predict everything. We have the ability to predict so much more than we ever have. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think not not just music, but I think society in general. We want we want to know the answers before we get the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, do you have to you have to combat that in your own life in a way certain things but i just don't want him to think about that it's all about the clicks and the likes and obviously you know if you're taking music to radio now and they're very age demographic genreized sure. and and just you know they they'll check on the the clicks and the likes mm-hmm is that stuff helpful at all, or is it just all push? I just don't even want to think about it. No. Um, what's good about where where music is at right now? What's good? Well, it always goes cyclically around as well. So, you know, with that other thing, it's people react against that. So mm -hmm. you have different generations of of. You know, and like I said before, you know, generations of you know want to go the opposite way to what their older brother or sister is mm -hmm. <laughs> and does. Yeah. So and it's it's all cyclic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it will come around again. So are there are there lessons you took from, you know, you've been involved in so many different areas, right? From from clubs to, to making music to, to the label side. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from being a, a performer that then helped you in the rest? Well, that's, you know, like I said before, or I don't know if I said before, but I didn't tell anybody about me being in a band. Mm. And then a couple of the artists... Um, found something and freaked out and they were like what you're in a band but then they understood that that they I knew what they were going through as an artist yeah. and it's helped my relationship through the years with with artists yeah so because you can you can put yourself in there soon well yeah well it's under it's you know I, I've understood through the years what it's like to be an artist so you know and that's helped my relationship with artists because yeah. understanding what they're going through and you know the creative side of things and 
and how you just you know when you have music out there what you have to do to promote and yeah and other stuff but yeah. it's changed a lot now obviously because of the online sure thing yeah. but so how does that change your job like it seems like <laughs> in the old days you know this is oversimplifying but you kind of you find an act that you like and you get them in the studio and you, you make the record and yeah and the rest I don't want to say it takes care of itself, but but it feels like compared to that now, you probably have to create a whole vision for yeah for this artist and how it gets marketed and yeah all of that. Well, uh, and I always say to to somebody or the new artist to do something different yeah because that will get you, you know, awareness of 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 stuff and you know if we do something alternative in the beginning mm -hmm. and it catches catches people's imagination then you know it gets you noticed yo if you haven't already get over to worlds.us that's w-o-r-l-d-z dot u-s sign up to attend the world's uh conference i guess it's not exactly a conference but Something like that. You'll learn from the masters. They have the CEO of iHeartMedia, the CMOs of Samsung, of MasterCard, a lot of leading brands, people that are shaping business and culture as we know it. Uh, Sean White, Kelly Slater, all those guys will be up on stage speaking. And it's, it's like a couple day long event here in Los Angeles at the end of July, beginning of August. I'll be there, so we'll get to hang out in person. Um, and because you're a Rebel Radio listener, they're going to give you $200 off if you use the code Rebel Radio when you sign up for World. So make sure you do that. And if you do, hit me with a note uh, so we can make sure and meet up in person. Who's doing something different right now? That you like? There's a few people yeah. <laughs> um, that I like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Lots of the artists on my label. Okay. I don't know. Um, but but I guess I guess what well, I'm Killer Floor are a great band. Yeah. But, and they've not really been recognised. But um, I created the new genre for America. Okay. As well. What is that? RDM. RDM. Have you not heard of it? Please. It's amazing. Yeah. Have you not heard of RDM? Enlighten us. Okay then. Rocktronic dance music. Okay. Because we've been combining guitars and electronics yeah. together for a long time, but it never got recognized in America. But now because of the EDM, so I've I've created RDM, Rocktronic Dance Music. So and, and who are the artists? Killer Floor. Okay. Who are who are who have been described as Led Zeppelin meets the Chemical Brothers. Oh wow. Cool. Have you not heard of them? No. I'm, I'm right. not keep it well, no, I mean, and people are saying I should do an RDM tour of America, of Route 66, because yeah. obviously now people are on the involvement of EDM and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, bands have been combining guitars and electronics for a long time, but it's never been taken seriously over there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> um, I, I think that's interesting because I think, you know, I mean, you were talking about it earlier, how hip-hop got really kind of uh, excited about EDM yeah. because of the production, production side. But I think, you know, it really wasn't, for us, for the U.S., it really wasn't until Skrillex, right, who was, yeah. who was a rock guy. Yeah. Uh, who also created a very rock show. Yeah. Right? 
and like I think that was the catalyst to get you know like if you want to really move America America's a bunch of frat guys <laughs> right N- not our culture right and we've grown up in it in but it's always been subculture right it's always been you know the stuff that we're involved in can only ever get so big yeah but if you want to really impact the masses you have to be you got to be playing at a football game <laughs> you know and, and that's like you mean soccer or football no no American football <laughs> right like you, you know you have to be because that's where we get a hundred thousand people to like I know to move to the same song um, and and so that's so it's got to be this sort of rock and roll experience mm. yeah okay you disagree well, you know well the EDM explosion is crazy though now isn't it it is. I think it's it's not. You know, I think it's it was it's two years ago was the was the peak of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, around and round. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I I remember as you do. For me, it's always interesting because, you know, in the late '90s when it was Chemical Brothers and Moby and. And, and, and all of that, right? Like Fat Boy Slim. You know, as far as I knew, that was the biggest. Like that was as big as 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 anything else. Yeah. Right. But it but it, it wasn't really. It was kind of big for like this underground thing. It was kind yeah. of just just cracking through. Well, it never got played on daytime radio there, like I said, because it you know, but. It had organic sounds, and it got, you know, and it sold some albums. Yeah, exactly. But then I think, you know, uh, I think more, the, the last cycle is where it really fully became mainstream. Yeah. Totally. It's so, it's so, um, how, how do you, how do you kind of understand the, the differences around the world? What, in different locations? Yeah. What, genre-wise? Yeah, just like what, you know, I mean, what dance music has meant here is so different than what it means in the U.S. At the moment? Yeah, but I think, you know... Yeah, well, it's, it's all evolution, and I've, different countries react in different ways, and, I mean, I you know... I, I, Zen Freeman was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, he, you know, Zen... Yeah. So, you know, he talked about just growing up as a teenager here and, and having Sasha and Paul on the radio and, like, <laughs> being inspired to be a DJ yeah. from hearing those guys on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. And and that led him down a certain path, and I think that kind of thing just can't really happen in the U.S. Oh, well, it's different because it's such a big country as well, and you've got those regional areas of... Yeah. Content or dis- yeah. discontent. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So for you, I imagine you just you focus on the certain certain spots where it matters. Yeah. 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 How do you um, how do you keep how do you stay motivated now to discover new music? We're at a certain age where we're not... That's a good question. Well, exactly. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Me since, too. Since all the other stuff. Yeah. Really? No, not, I just am too old now to go out. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those. But so, what do you do? How do you? How do you? It's always a. It's always been around. It's always been about breaking windows for me, and like you know, bringing something through that. You know. Has never been heard before, but. I mean, it's not easy when you're kind of club scene wise when you when you don't go out now and yeah. but obviously you know the DJ euphorium and party thing has gone a little bit different because of the the creativity of of non music sure <laughs> yeah um, so how do you stay connected um, well just in different ways really just people and you know I read a lot yeah magazine wise but <laughs> but it's I don't know I mean you have to just move on and groove on basically mm. okay alright if you're digging this one let's go back into Rebel Radio Archives check out my interview uh, you can find it on iTunes or SoundCloud with Mr. C he's uh, uh, the lead singer or rapper rather, of uh, The Shaman, which was kind of an early uh, hip house, house act. And then he was also an owner of The End Nightclub, which was one of uh, London's legendary clubs. It's more good house music stories from London in that episode. But, um, but finish up here first with my man Mark Jones. Have there been mentors that are that have been important to you throughout your Mentors. Career. Yeah. People that taught you stuff or you figured well, out? Well, you know, electronically, when it all kicked off, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Daniel Miller mm. of Mute Records. Okay. Um, he was an inspiration, and I did actually call him up and said, look, I'm a real Depeche Mode fan. I want to follow them around Europe. Yeah. And he said, okay. So really? he, yeah, got me on the list um, in Germany. Um, so I followed them around Germany. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was quite interesting. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, and obviously the the whole electronic, the, the Daniel, you know, the, the thing that Daniel did there with that was, was great. What did you take from that experience? What did I take from that experience? Well, it's just learning, and it was December 1983. So, so, so I mean, that takes balls to just call up a guy and yeah, ask if you can go on tour. Yeah, and uh, I don't know where, where where does that come from? I don't know. I, I just didn't, you know. I just really wanted to be there. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is funny. Um, it took balls. Huh? Yeah, I have balls, man. Is have that you got, uh, you got the balls? Is that a good idea? Like, if, if you, I don't know if you could, if you, you know, talk to students or whatever. Like, it, just kind of go for it. Yes. Well, that that's you know one of my points is that be yourself, don't be somebody else, and move on. Yeah. Do you find? There's pressures to be somebody else, aren't there? Yeah. 
So is that a how do you how do you handle that? Is that a is it a conscious thing? Is it a conscious like conversation with yourself? No. Or does it just No, I've never been I, I I am who I am. Yeah. I've never been someone else. Yeah. <laughs> do you have to like Not everybody can just do that. No. Right? Well, you know. That's what, you know, if you asked me one of those questions, it was, that was one of my answers. I understand that. Be yourself. Yeah. Don't be someone else. What do you think is the most, the decision you've made that's had the biggest impact? What's the best decision? Sure. Well, you know, starting the record label. But, um, and also, you know, being in the band, which was, you know, gave me that other confidence of, of doing things. But, um, what's the best decision I've ever made? Mm. Signing the propeller heads, signing Royks up. Yeah. Um... What's next? What do you mean? For you, what's the... What's, <laughs> what's you, next? What's the next goal? Um, what's the next goal? Well, I've signed a great band called Perfect Day. Okay. <laughs> so getting that album out would be interesting. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, just moving on and getting there and getting the documentary finished and... Yeah. Um, yeah, getting to the 25 years, mm. maybe, which is in two years. Yeah, exciting. And move on. And what does that mean? You have to evolve and, you know, you know, just keep this going. And obviously I've got some new artists now who are great. I just did the Lisbon Kid album, which is Rui De Silva, who had mm -hmm. a number one record. Yeah, yeah. And Danny Dematos, and that's a, a cool album. And there's a few others as well. When you say you have to evolve, like, is that a. Does it just happen? Well, you have to move on and groove on, as I said before, but it's one of those where you have to take things on the head and take things, you know what I mean, and just deal with them and in the right way. So do you find yourself, do you ever say, I can't do this because I've already done it? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good question. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder if that's like a... Is it a conscious thing, or, is it, or does, it, does it just happen naturally? Do you get well, bored? Do I get bored? Uh. Um, do I get bored doing what? Like, like, are you like, you know, do you find yourself in, I don't know if it's a record or, or something where you're like, I'm, I'm bored with this, I'm already, this feels too familiar. No. No. No, I've never been bored with something of, you know, everything I've always ever tried to help and release of is things that inspire me and you know yeah. what I mean? I've I've never I've never been boring. Okay.
Have you? Me? Yeah, I get bored. <laughs> I, I can't do the same thing over and over. Right. No, I, I've never done that. So, yeah, maybe it doesn't. that's the point. Yeah. We were talking about creativity. Are there things you do that help you like tap into creativity or, or you know get past blocks well it's just you know what side your brain works isn't it mm. from that perspective but I always just try and keep the freedom of imagination and that's really important yeah um, and hearing stories of other people's inspiration which is what I do on the radio show yeah. the Back to the Future radio show which I have which was on Six Music for ages and now it's on Soho Radio oh, cool. um, and it's artists coming in and telling their story and playing the music that made them do what they do yeah. so and it's really interesting to hear what inspirations you get from that yeah yeah I talk about that a lot on this show with there's a there's a um, danger, I think, for creative people of letting in the wrong inspiration. Danger, danger, high voltage. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> right, that you, I think as an artist, you have to keep certain influences out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it not revealing mm. everything, I think, is the most important part. Yeah. You mean, like, otherwise it just sounds like it, it's just a copy? Well, yes, or, you know, not revealing it either. What do you mean? Well, you know, not telling anybody. What inspired you? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> hey, I want to do a lightning round. Huh? A lightning round? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> tell you. Oh, one, one more first. What, why, why do you think artists enjoy working with you? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you should ask them Have that you question. I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. But you should ask them. Um, I don't know. Maybe this, it's something different, but yeah, I'm sure certain artists will say the other, the other direction, <laughs> or go the other direction. Sure. I get it. Okay. So if you can go back to uh, 18 and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say? What would I say? To myself as 18. Mm. Keep on keeping on. Listen and learn. Okay. <laughs> what talent have you always wished you had more of? Um, me personally. Uh. Well, I mean, sad to say, but I think that the... Sometimes I just wish on the structure side of things 
and the practical side of things that I had more a little bit more balance of that give me an example just the structural side of, of you know making things happen in, mm. in a certain way and you know I've never been a practical side of, of business I've always been the creative side mm-hmm. so maybe be an accountant or a lawyer okay uh, well, maybe, maybe that's, so if you could, um, do something else, not music, well, what would you do? What would I do? Let's say you could do anything and, and you would, uh, you're guaranteed to be successful, but it can't be music. I don't know. Maybe be on a TV presenter. Okay. Or, I mean, people are saying that at the moment. They're yeah. saying that the question mark talks I do, yeah. which should be a TV show. So that might evolve. Nice. And now, yeah, um, yeah question mark. I, I do these question mark talks. Yeah. Um, and they're a panel of four people. When I ask them questions, they don't want to get answered. Oh, they cool. don't want to answer. That's Sorry. Um, but What's no, and it's all been music industry orientated yeah. up until this point, but now people are saying it should go into different areas. Sure. Um, but yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, yeah. What's question, an exa- what's it's a question, question like, mark. Yeah. Clever. <laughs> um, what's, a, like, what's a question that somebody doesn't want to answer? Like, give me a... What's um, been, what's been I don't a know. I mean, show? it obviously depends on who the panellists are and what the subject is at, sure. at the moment. But, I is mean, there, it's is, been different. Has there been anyone that stands out that's been like... <sighs> There's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, the, the last one I did was a big Back to the Future one, which was a big four-name 80s artists mm. and stuff. Cool. And telling their story and going through that. But it's all been, you know, music industry orientated to yeah. this point. But, I mean, I, I've done lots of people. Sure. But, you know... But yeah, I think that that should evolve. That's cool. So if uh, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? <laughs> if you worked for me, yeah. that would be quite interesting. <laughs> Do you want a job? I might. The <laughs> uh, wife would love to move to London, so. Really? Yeah, but we've only been here in June. So, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I don't think we can handle the rest of it. We the can't rest... handle anywhere in the world most of the year. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What would you hear from me? What time is it? <sighs> okay. Where? Who's my next meeting? Yeah. Um... Hmm. Can you make me a cup of coffee? I think that would be it now. Okay. That's good. Did you get the coffee in? <laughs> what, um... Where's the coffee? What, what do you Where's say the coffee? <laughs> okay. What do you say to motivate people? <laughs> um, well, that's an interesting question. Hmm? I mean, you should ask them again. But what do I say to motivate people? I don't know. It depends who they are and what they're doing and where they stand. And sure. 
you know, it's it, it wouldn't be the same thing to everybody. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah. But as I said before, and I've said a few times, be who you are. Yeah. Don't be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that really motivates people to do what they do mm-hmm. and not do something else. Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your, your work? Really? Yeah. Who would I most be excited? Right, well, obviously my two sons, okay. George and Stanley. Okay. Um, yes, that would be great if they would um, be excited. Yeah. And, I don't know, most of the artists on the label. I imagine many of them are fans of you. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't, but, sure. you know, it's one of those. Yeah. The practical side of things is, has hit a few relationships, but, um, no, it's one of those. Cool. Uh, what's your favourite city to travel to? That's a good question. I mean, I did love New York, a while and then when you get to a certain point because we did a lot of things there um, and then when you get to a certain point an age LA becomes much more of the appealing fact of America yeah. um, but island wise Ibiza oh, yeah. and Ibiza town nice. cool. <laughs> yeah and I mean and Jamaica and Iceland so because I've done a thing called Good Vibrations mm-hmm. which is why Jamaica Ibiza and Iceland vibrate creatively and musically and other islands don't interesting yeah and everyone's saying it should be a TV show why Iceland well go have you ever been there no, no. You've never been there. Well, think of the creative music that has come out of Iceland and then the creative amount of artists that are just fantastic. Mm. So, yeah, if you think about that, I mean, and when you go there, there is a vibration on the island. And, you know, like I said before, I was never really into reggae, um, but then Chris Blackwell, who ran Island Records, flew me to Jamaica to he wanted to buy a wall of sound mm. back in the day um, and I got off the plane and I just felt this energy and vibration that I'd never felt before only in Ibiza mm. so you know and it's one of those cool that's cool that was a good that was a good one wasn't yeah. it that was a good one love it and now we have uh, now we have wow that, that can take us to Iceland hmm yeah wow you should go there. I, I, we almost went on this trip. Uh, really? Yeah, because LA, you know, the, you know, Wow has this deal, right? It's a super cheap flight. My friend owns it, so you oh, can nice. get it free. Wow. Okay, <laughs> well, she will fly us up to Iceland. So from from LA to London, but you stop in Reykjavik. Right. And you can and you can spend the night. You should go there, man. Yeah. If you've not been there, it's no. really really cool. Yeah. And it's there is an an energy. Tie on the list. There's sure. yeah, creative, uh, very creative. Yeah. Uh, everyone's uh, an artist, nice. a musician, or doing something. Cool. 
So you're welcome to stay at my flat if you if you're Done. homeless. See that? We're hooked up. I love it. What's the last great book you read? I can't remember, but um Oh gosh. Can you ask me this question a bit? Or is there what or is there a book that's had a major impact on you? Well, I've read a lot of, you know, SGI yeah. books now because I'm a practicing SGI Buddhist. Yeah. Do you know SGI? Uh, Lotus Sutra, yeah. 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 I was just about to say that. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we, have it on, we have it on the show. I said to my wife, my wife went to SGI for a bunch of years. This is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, the Lotus Sutra. I was just about to say that. Cool. It's awesome. I love this connection. This is so uh, funny, man. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Well, there's been a few, but... Oh, gosh. Memory. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me have a think about that. I mean... <sighs> carry on, carry ons. Um... Let me let me have a think. Movie. Is there like for me? It's always like there's certain movies that when you when you're flipping the channels or when we used to flip channels, oh. you would just see it and you would just stop on it even though you've seen it you know a hundred times. Mm. You might see it from the middle on whatever. Mm. Let me have a think okay. about that. All right. Um, who's your favorite DJ of all time? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, my favorite DJ of all time? That's a good question. Um, probably Danny Rampling and DJ Pierre, mm. who first bought Acid House into, yeah. into this place. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, obviously, Danny did Sherman. I did the visuals at Sherman and everything. And uh, DJ Pierre. Um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, at the time, it was revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And the whole Balearic thing was just crazy. Yeah. Um, and Alfredo from Ibiza. Mm. Um, and I have to say, my current wife, DJ Lottie. Mm. Do you know her? By name. Really? Yeah. Well, she's my wife. Nice. So, DJ Lottie. Cool. Nice one. Mm. Thanks for doing this. Man. That's okay. That's it's great. It's been fantastic. Yeah, that was Mark Jones, not Mike Jones. Um, great stories. I, I loved it. Like I said, uh, I hope you enjoyed that wild ride. And I hope you uh, leave us a comment on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Well, don't leave us a comment on YouTube. YouTube comments are stupid, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can find us online pretty much everywhere at Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep 
with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.